Well, good morning again. Good morning. You are awake. That's good. It's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. I am really sorry this, um, this interim thing is not working out so well. I, I mean, I guess that's why I was called to fill in, right? Um, uh, no, you, you, don't, you don't have to worry. Many of you have shared with me and I've seen your post on Facebook and uh, I know how much you love and appreciate Brian Autry. And, uh, and so do I. It's, it's always a joy and a pleasure to be at Mount Pleasant. You all are like home folks. You're really like country folk. Just a little more from the city, but you're, you're like home folk, okay? All right, I have to ask you the, the probing question this morning. How many of you watched the infamous fight last night? Um, it was pay-per-view, by the way, so that eliminated some of us, right? Um, I have to admit, I would not have watched it had someone paid me to, to watch it. Um, I'm just not a big fan of determining who is victorious by whether someone can knock out a brother or not, or uh, cause them to be in an unconscious state, or, or maybe even fatal injuries. And I thought golf was stupid. <laughs> Wait a minute, I knew I was going to get that response. I, 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 you see, I, I guess in my mind, I think about the brutality of Jesus. And what he went through. Because he was beaten and, and whipped and, and nails were driven in his hands and feet. His side was pierced. A crown of thorns were pressed upon his head and he was hung to die on a cruel cross. And he was so undeserving of this but willing to do so for me and for you. But in three days, he rose from the grave victoriously that we too can have victory over sin, death, and hell, and the grave. Because of him, we have victory. Because of him, we have life, and we have it abundantly, and we have it eternally. It's not based on our ability. It's not based on our skills. It's not based on our merit. It's not based on our works. It's not based on our winning record. It's not based on statistics. It's because of Jesus. And you and I... We might be in a fight, but we'll never win because we can throw a punch or a counterpunch. We're victorious for one reason, and that's because of Jesus. Life is a battle, isn't it? And Jesus says, if you want to be a disciple of mine, if you want to be on the winning team, if you want to live victoriously, then you must take up your cross daily and follow me. And so every day... We have to get up and we have to get dressed to claim and reclaim and proclaim that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus reigns. Every day we have to put off ourselves and we have to put on Jesus. More of him and less of me. And so we're looking at Romans 13 this morning. It begins with an encouragement from Paul to the church at Rome to submit to the government and those who are in authority over you. And that's a good word for us this morning because sometimes we don't agree with our government. We don't agree with those who are in authority over us. We don't agree with everything they believe or say and do. And yet the word tells us that we are to submit to that. You'll be glad to know that that's a message for another day. 
We won't be studying that this morning. But then we look in verses 8 through 10. Paul reiterates the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament as reference to all commandments. And he says that they can be summed up with one particular command. And that is to love. Love one another. Love your neighbors yourself. And he goes on to say that love is the fulfillment of the law. And then we get to this focal passage this morning, verses 11 through 14 of chapter 13, that we read this morning before partaking of the Lord's Supper. And and I want us to examine these verses exegetically. We're going to actually be dissecting this passage verse by verse in chronological order. So in verse 11, Paul says, and do this. What does he mean by, and do this? What is he talking about? He's talking about the commandments in verses 8 through 10. He says, keep these commandments, especially the one about love. The one about loving one another. He says, and do this knowing the time. What time is it? I mean, he he says, knowing the time. What time is it? He says that now is the time. Look at that in verse 11. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep. I think he was a southerner because I think I've heard my mother say, it's high time you get out of bed, you know. It's high time you awake out of sleep. Anyone hate hearing the alarm clock go off? I have the smartphone beside my bed. It's a smartphone for dumb user, I'm just telling you. But it's there beside my bed, and I've got to tell you, when I have that nice ringtone, and I made it so it's not as abrasive, and it's just easy to listen to, and the alarm goes off, I don't care how pretty it is, I still hate hearing it go off. And I want to slide my finger, and I want to give myself 15 more minutes, or 30 more minutes, but I can't, because it's time to get up, and it's time to go to work. And Paul is saying it's high time to wake up out of your spiritual sleep. It's time to get up. There's work to be done for the kingdom. For now, he says, as we continue reading, for now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Our salvation is nearer than we first believed. And I I think, well, wait a minute. I thought I was saved when I asked Jesus to come into my heart. And, and, And I was. I was saved from my sin and I was saved to heaven. I want us to think about this though, what Paul is saying here. Because we became a believer in Jesus when we prayed to receive Christ. We ask him to forgive us. We ask him to save us from our sins. We ask him to come into our heart and trust in him to be Lord of our life, right? At that point, we were assured of our salvation. We were eternally secure. From that point on, we were safe with Jesus. Nothing can pluck us out of his hand. Nothing can separate us from the the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. But to experience salvation in its completeness, in its fullness, does not occur until we're face to face with Jesus in the mansion that he's prepared for us in heaven. Does that make sense? So Paul is saying that day, we're closer than we've ever been. Either God is going to call us home or he is soon to return. The signs are everywhere. The scripture is quickly being fulfilled. And so Paul is saying, wake up, get out of bed, the night is over and we might not have many more days left. That's what he's saying in verse 12. Look at that. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, Now, what's the therefore? 
Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. A couple of weeks ago was spring break at my home in Powhatan. The schools were out and it was spring break. And one of the first things my wife and my daughter said was, oh, I can't wait. I I just want to sleep late. I want to stay in my pajamas all day if I want. Now, I've got to tell you, if if somebody would knock on the door, these two ladies would be scrambling. (laughs) Because they would be changing clothes like lightning, and they would be putting on makeup, and they would be doing their hair. They would never, ever, Jan would never go to the door. She would never go out of the house, certainly not to work, not to school, not even to Walmart in her night clothes. Now, I've got to tell you, I've seen these videos on YouTube of people going to Walmart. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, let me just show you this morning what I'm talking about. It's spring break, okay? And I know the temperatures have been cooler than usual, right? For this time of year. It's been a little cool, but I think this was a little bit overboard. So, I look to my wife, and she's got on this T-shirt. Well, it's a Liberty T-shirt, so it's okay, right? So she's got on, she's got on this T-shirt, okay? But that's not all she has on. She has on my flannel bottoms, <laughs> all right? And on top of that, she has on these long pair of socks. We're, we're talking springtime here, y'all. And then she's got on these slippers, these warmers, fuzzies, yeah, whatever, warm and fuzzy. Okay, that's not it. On top of that is a sweatshirt. This is what I call layering, right? Okay, this is, this is layering. And that's not it. On top of that... is the robe. I think that's clothing for an igloo. I I just can't imagine uh, that being needed in in the spring. Here's the point I'm trying to make this morning. You see all those layers? Paul is saying that some of us are still spiritually asleep and we're wearing our night clothes. I got permission, by the way, to bring these. We're wearing our night clothes And we need to wake up, and we need to get out of bed, and we need to take off these layers of clothing, these layers of sin and darkness that are weighing us down. And we need to put on the armor of light. What we really need to put on is Jesus. We need to be wearing Jesus. And he's going to tell us that in just a couple of sentences. You see, many of us perk up, We'll wake up when we hear a good Sunday school lesson or or maybe hear a good song at church or a good sermon, but then what happens? We just roll right back over and we go back to sleep as soon as church is over. And Paul says, don't do that. Don't go back to sleep. It's daytime. Wake up. Cast off your night clothes. Look at what he says in verse 13. Let us walk properly as in the day. 
Not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. And so even from this verse right here in, in, in verse 13, there are three types of night clothing, sin clothing, that Paul says that we need to put off, to take off. And the first one is revelry and drunkenness. Now today we know it as partying. The Greek word refers to feast and drinking parties that last till late in the night or early in the wee hours of the morning. So to walk properly, as Paul is saying, means that Christians should not attend functions where lustful passions are aroused. Christians should never get drunk and lose control of their moral senses. I mean, that should make sense, right? When we're, when we're drunk, we certainly cannot be spiritually awake. I, I, I believe we are, we're not physically awake or alert, for that matter, and certainly not spiritually awake if we're drunk. Now, I've got to tell you, I had a state policeman who was in the church that I pastored, and uh, he, he, he opened my eyes, uh, to be honest. He, he, he said, Steve, uh, what do you think it takes for a person to be intoxicated how many drinks do you think it takes for a person to be intoxicated? And I'm like, why are you asking me? I mean, you, you think I'm going to speak from experience? And, uh, but he said to me, and this was something that I'll, I'll never forget. He said, when you have one drink, you are intoxicated. It might take multiple drinks for you to get to this legal limit that we're talking about. But being impaired begins after one drink. He said, you're not at full capacity, even with one drink. He said, all you have to do is ask an alcoholic, and they will tell you it began with one drink. Now, the reason I think this is important, folks, is the fact that this is an epidemic in our country. Middle schoolers, high schoolers are going to drinking parties. We've seen and heard about college campuses, spring breaks, at beaches across the the globe. And who would have thought that in this day and time we would be discussing alcoholic drinks as acceptable beverages of ministers, leaders, and members of the church? You know what Paul is saying to us this morning? Wake up. Wake up, church. Take a stand against sin and take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. So take off revelry, take off drunkenness. And the second type of night clothing, the sin clothing that we need to be taking off, Paul says, is lewdness and lusts. Lewdness and lust, which is actually immorality. So the Greek word translated lewdness literally refers to what takes place in a bed. And it is linked to the word for uncontrolled sexual lust. So therefore, it refers to any kind of sex outside of marriage, no matter how harmless it might seem. Now, the second word for lust refers to the unbridled lust or excessive shameless behavior that would shock normal public decency, including adultery, homosexuality, and other sexual sins most find to be offensive. Now, I say, wait a minute. Because in our country, and even in the Christian circles, we're not finding this to be offensive any longer. As a matter of fact, we're not only tolerating, we're accepting and we're allowing laws to be passed to make provision for it. 
I mean, who would have ever thought that we would be praying for the Supreme Court to make the right decision concerning marriage between man and woman? Paul says, folks, it's time, it is high time we do what? Wake up. Wake up. And if we don't become more intentional, we will unintentionally get sucked into the sexual temptations of this world. You you don't believe me? Just look at your computer. I mean, you can't Google without seeing shameless, lewd material on the internet. And no Christian should be viewing this kind of stuff. So wake up, Paul says. Now, the third type of night clothing, this sin clothing that Paul says that we need to take off, is strife and envy. Strife and envy, which really means to take off quarreling. Strife is often fueled by envy or jealousy, and it causes revelry, it causes competition. And I know it's shocking to you, but it's common among Christians. It's common among church folk. Strife and envy. Now, I've got to tell you, uh, I was called one time, Dole Chauncey asked me to go with him to a church, and he says, uh, they're probably going to ask you to moderate a meeting. It wasn't moderating, it was refereeing. What are you talking about? And uh, I'd never seen anything like it. It's like this center aisle, and that was the dividing line. Uh, I've got to tell you, uh, they said, uh, either you're with us or you're for them. And it was so clear, that's where the dividing line was. Well, folks, people, we need to be, we need to be the refuge from strife and violence among God's people. We should be fighting each other. The battle is out there, not in here. And we don't want to be known in our community as a church that fights and bickers and quarrels. We want to be known by our love for each other. In these last days, there's so much envy and there's so much strife and violence on TV, the movies, even the video games that our kids are playing. Our whole society has plunged into the sins of drug and alcohol abuse, sexual immorality, and violence. I mean, you can't go to a secular business party without alcohol being served. You can't go to a professional uh, ball game without the stench of beer all around you. You can't hardly watch TV or, or go to movies or listen to popular music without seeing or hearing sexual sin being promoted. And Paul says, it's time to wake up, church. It's time to take off these clothes, these layers of sin. Notice, by the way, Paul says in verse 14, if you look down there, it says, he says, to make no provision for the flesh. In other words, don't even think about participating in these things. Don't make plans to do these things. As a matter of fact, remove yourself from the temptation completely if that's necessary. So take off these things, these sins, these night clothes, and put on your day clothes. Put on your work clothes. Put on your uniforms for battle. In verse 12, he says to put on the armor of light. In verse 14, Paul says to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. What does he mean by putting on the armor of light? Well, light represents two things in Scripture. It represents truth and it represents righteousness. So we're to put on these two weapons of light, but I want to add a third because at the very beginning, Paul says... Love. So let's put on these three things. First, put on 
truth, God's word, the sword of the spirit. Let's read it and believe it and speak it and do it and stand on it. Let's put on righteousness, which is right living, godly living, living out Christian character, which means that what we look like on the outside is evidence of who we are on the inside. Put on love, love for God and love for others. If you want to push back the darkness with light in our world today, then stand on God's word, live righteously and love others. In verse 14, Paul says to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I say, wait a minute. I'm already a Christian, right? So that means that Jesus is already living in me. He's on the inside. He's taken resonance. My body is a temple. He's living here. What do you mean by putting on the Lord Jesus? Paul is saying that too often, Jesus is not very visible on our outside, And so he is urging believers to put on Christ in the sense of manifesting Jesus outwardly. Wear Jesus like you wear a suit of clothes. In other words, let people see Jesus in you, but let people see Jesus on you. Our salvation is nearer than it's ever been. Either the Lord will call us home, or he will return And I don't know about you, but when Jesus calls me home or comes again, I want to make sure that I'm dressed properly. I want to make sure that I have put off these things and I have put on these things. I want to make sure that my night clothes are off, my old sins are put away, and my day clothes are on. And I'm wearing Jesus. Through Jesus and none other, we still have victory But let's be honest this morning. Many of us are wearing our night clothes more than we're wearing our day clothes. And Paul is saying to us this morning, wake up, get out of bed, shed your night clothes, put on your day clothes, the armor of light, the Lord Jesus himself. And the time is now. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, your word today is very, very strong and it's very powerful and very applicable to our lives. This morning as we are listening to your Holy Spirit speak, we know that you've provided us an aid today. There is a bulletin that you've given us. And now in just these few moments, I pray, Lord, that as we take that bulletin out and we look at that list of, of things to put on, we're also looking at the things that need to be put off. And I pray for your Holy Spirit to speak with such conviction that today, even though we have examined ourselves as we came to the Lord's table, maybe you've spoken through these three areas that need to, to be taken off in our life. Lord, there's probably a lot of folks this morning who, are, who need to change clothes. And maybe we need to change clothes right here in the sanctuary. Help us now as we examine our lives still further. Things that you're revealing to us that we need to put off. And things that we need to put on. 
Lord, I pray that there's one here who's never put on the Lord Jesus for the first time, that today would be the day. That they would say, I'm just putting off self. I'm turning away from sin and self. And I know that I'm lost and I'm bound for hell and and I need Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And I want to ask him to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and I want him to be Lord of my life. Today, for the first time, I, I want to put on Jesus. And if that's your desire, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would convict to the point that people would be obedient to your will and way. And maybe during this invitation time, they would take Pastor Joe's hand or mine or a deacon and they would pray simple prayer of salvation. Lord, for the rest of this, this morning, as we're looking over that bulletin, we might be circling some things. These could be sins that are against you. These could be sins that are against others. And we might need to get things right with you. We might need to get things right with others. And so whatever that means could be coming to the altar to pray and bringing that bulletin insert with those circled items. We might bring them to the altar this morning and lay them at your feet. Or it might mean going across this room and getting things right with a brother or sister. But you've spoken through Paul this morning. It's time for us to wake up. It's time to be awake. It's day. Help us to put off these night clothes these layers of sin and put on light the Lord Jesus. Have your will and way as you speak to us now. In Jesus' name, amen.